Welcome to Animorphs Anonymous, the podcast where we casually discuss the Animorphs one book at a time. I'm Casey. And I'm Alex. We've done all the books. And now we're diving into the TV show. Join us every Tuesday for a new mission. And don't worry, we promise to have you back under the two-hour time limit. Maybe. Ladies and gentlemen, I have a grave announcement to make. Incredible as it may seem, both the observations of science and the evidence of our eyes lead to the inescapable assumption that those strange beings who landed in the Jersey farmlands tonight are the vanguard of an invading army. Speaking of horses, there's a horse in this episode. (laughs) There's more than one. Well, there's only one, but it shows up more than once is what I'm trying to say. Is it the same horse, though, or is it two separate horses? God, there's just no way to know, is there? (laughs) I don't... I don't know. And, like, I'm going to bring up this horse, and I am going to look to you for any horse knowledge about what it's doing, why it's doing it, and what the fuck is happening. I'm so happy to talk to you about this, and (laughs) I also have complaints about this horse, but they are adjacent to the show. Oh, wonderful. Cool. (laughs) I actually have a lot of animal questions for this episode. Oh, good. There were fucking things happening, and I did not know why. There's there's a lot going down with this show. <laughs> uh, I'm really excited to talk about this episode. I'm so, so excited. Okay, let's do it then. Wonderful. I'm ready to drag someone else through the mud. Someone whose name is Jake. Oh, our sweet boy Jake. No, it's not. It's not bad. I'm just going to chastise him gently. I think for this first scene that we find him in. Um, I think you should really light him up. <laughs> Fuck being gentle. Really, just okay. like nail him to the wall here. You know what? Yes. <laughs> so this is episode one, part two, I guess, or episode two. But my name is Jake, part two. I'm not quite sure how they decided to split this up. They just threw the part two on. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It's still Jake as the primary narrator. So <laughs> it's, we'll just... it's Jake, bitch. I'm back. <laughs> it's Jake, bitch. <laughs> um, and it opens very much the same way as episode one with Jake walking uh, down the camera, down the street, towards the camera, in front of some cars. There's narration. He's like, my name is Jake. That's all I can tell you. I can't tell you my last name, blah, 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 blah. Um, okay, let's talk about this first scene. So he's walking down the street, he's passing by a series of people, and there's there's maybe like five people that he walks by, and he's he's doing this to be like, okay, any one of these like normal looking people could be a controller. Okay, so my first note is that everybody is staring at him like he's a piece of fucking garbage. Every single person. Yeah, they're, like, glaring at him and just looking at him very reproachfully. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. But as the scene went on, I was like, okay, you know what? It's kind of warranted because, A, he's only said hi to the white people. And, B, he was being a super creep to this lady who has a toddler in a stroller. He just, like, walks up to them and he's like, nice day. And, of course, she stares at him like he's a freak. Like, get away. (laughs) So... (laughs) <laughs> I of course noticed very similar things about how fucking weird it was that everybody was staring at him 
But I just want to add to this that the one kid that rode up with the coolest 90s glasses of all time, <laughs> as soon as he went past him, Scott looks at me and goes, oh, that guy's definitely a yerk. Look at those glasses. <laughs> oh, those glasses were, those were a time. Those, those dated the show more than anything else happening. But yeah, the woman with the toddler, like, yeah, that, like, Jake was a little weird, but, like, did she have to, like, weird back tenfold to him? Like, I mean, if a teenage boy walks up to a stroller with a child in it, looks at the toddler, looks at her and says, nice day, then, again, it's like, you're being a creep. I mean, he's being a creep, but the woman, like, closed in on him, staring at, like, I laughed <laughs> very hard at her face. <laughs> thought she was gonna like shank him or something she was like listen you might be a fucked up teenager but if you even so much as come at me i will unleash the crazy that is just bubbling below the surface (laughs) i kind of respected that though okay i can respect that too i did laugh at her though like her whole expression and the fact that the camera just like stayed on her for like two beats too many and okay the other the other great thing about this scene is that our favorite uh, editing trick is back. So when you have, like, the character who's, like, doing something and then it cuts to them doing the same thing but in slow motion in a slightly different place and then back to the original scene, I think we should call this something, like, the sandwich cut or something. Like, we should have a name for this cut. Okay. Because it's in here a fucking lot. The slow-mo sandwich? The slow-mo sandwich. I love it. The editing... Like, there wasn't as many quick cuts, at least. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, every single one of these people that Jake walked past had this slow-mo sandwich. Yes, they did. <laughs> every single one. And when it's, like, five or six people, it's a lot in 30 seconds of one episode. It is so much. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. It was almost like a comedic camera trick in the way that it was, like... When something happens and there's, like, a noise that goes along with it and it happens, like, once and then maybe twice is intimidating. But then when it happens, like, a third time, it's kind of funny. And then a fourth time, it's really funny. And then, like, a fifth time, you're like, oh, my God, what the fuck? Like, come on. That's exactly what happened. But they didn't mean for it to be funny at all. No. (laughs) They were trying to play it serious. (laughs) Just oofda. But that's not the last of that shot that we see. It's not. Oh. Uh, You could have a drinking game for how many times they use this edit. Like, my favorite part, though, if I can just kind of sketch forward, like, 15 more seconds past this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My favorite part was that they did all of that, and then, like, Jake walks away, and you're thinking, like, oh, great, like, now we're on to, like, the rest of the summary. But then all of a sudden, there's, like, a... Even a cop could be a controller. And then a police car pulls up and turns on the siren. You're like, what the fuck? Like, I thought we've established this. Why are we reestablishing this again? Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> the main thing I noticed about the cop car is that it's going the wrong way down a one way. Oh, I was too distracted by how much would it cost to have a cop come do that on your set. Oh, I didn't even think about that. I was like, did they hire a real cop? Like, can you just ask them to do that? Or does it? Is it a fake cop? Or, like, borrow a car for an hour or something? I don't know. Yeah. Like, you, a cop wouldn't let you borrow, even as a movie, people. I bet it's really easy to make a cop car, though. I mean, you can probably just buy one at auction pre-done. 
Yeah. And, like, Greek it out. Yeah, and and get, like, a fake siren for it or whatever. Just get a real siren for it. Fuck it. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's probably true. This is probably extremely easy. I just was like, could I hire a cop <laughs> to drive down a street in a show that I'm doing? I wonder if you have to get a special permit to, like run a fake cop car so that they don't think you're impersonating an officer i don't know if you're in film like at me and tell me because i'm not gonna look this up (laughs) if you make movies tell me how to hire a cop please (laughs) oh no i don't know why i just want to know a cop that breaks the law apparently (laughs) yeah cops can do whatever the fuck they want didn't you know um (laughs) anyway (laughs) (laughs) so jake's walking down the street getting glares from people and then a cop car goes the wrong way down on one way and turns down a road and then jake there's like a weird shot of like some people at a bus stop and jake kind of looks at them and then he goes and follows a cop car i'm not sure why that shot was in there um but whatever who knows why that shot who knows why half these yeah yeah editing is not a thing it's they're just like <laughs> so much is there like the bones are there to do it right and then the editing was just done by people that were extremely either high or confused about what their job description was Ooh. i try yeah. i like i waited for their names to pop up and then forgot them immediately oh no but like <laughs> my god i don't think i even watched the credits okay well they're like 20 seconds long like not many people worked on this yeah i mean that could be another thing it could be like you know somebody who doesn't normally edit was forced to edit because of budget i don't know (laughs) like the guy that normally operates the boom mic they're like hey you (laughs) yeah 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 the gaffer (laughs) oh i did some film editing in college perfect here you go (laughs) hey you have a tape named after you go edit jake okay i'm really confused about this scene I guess he goes to the construction site. So I'm not actually sure where this is, but he sees police officers putting up those like wooden barriers. And there's like a white truck that comes through that says caution hazardous materials on the side, which is very dramatic. Yes. Um, they play a lot of very dramatic music over that shot. They do. They do. Um, Jake's hiding behind a bush watching all this go down. And then the truck immediately turns down the road that's right behind him. And so, like, they could clearly see you hiding in the bushes if they cared to look. So good job. Maximum stealth. But then there's a harsh cut to him at the construction site. So I don't know where the fuck they were. I have no idea. The truck never pays off. Well, I think the truck shows up later when he's, like, watching the people at the dig site. But, like, I don't know. It was it was very strange. Um They're not really good at establishing police at several points in these first two episodes. Um, But yeah, Jake uh, ends up at the construction site somehow. um, And he sneaks from one end to the other. And we have some more really awesome editing. There's just like jump cuts and and slow-mo sandwiches and bullshit. And somehow he gets over there and he hides behind some fucking trash. And spies on a group of controllers... Who are wearing hazmat suits and picking up bits of, I guess, Andalite ship. Um, except there's one guy who's not wearing a hazmat suit. But he is wearing a hard hat and no one else is wearing a hard hat. So I'm not sure. This seems like an OSHA violation to me. I'm not sure what's going on. Safety is our number two priority. <laughs> like, I assume that 
I don't know. I should not assume anything. I just assume that if you are dealing with hazardous materials, you should all be wearing hazmat suits. But, you know, what do, what do I know? I mean, one would think. And we already... Uh, God, I don't even know why I'm going to say these words. But we already know from the books that, like, ship debris from a crashed or blown up ship is extremely hazardous to humans' health based on what happened to uh, what's-his-face's grandpa's leg. The boomerang kid. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, in the kangaroo book. Yeah, in the kangaroo book. I'm saying it like anybody on this TV show would be like, oh, yeah, that's happened before, and we know. (laughs) 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 But, like... They should all be wearing hazmat. Although I guess if the guy's not touching it and he doesn't cut himself, it's not. Yeah, that's true. He's just kind of overseeing the the other minions. Yeah, he's just wearing the hard hat. Yeah, I guess I guess the others could be wearing hard hats under their hazmat suits. I guess I'll I'll say that's what happened. Okay, just for some consistency. So then a silver pickup truck pulls out. And it's Chapman, because apparently he's living his best cowboy life. Oh my god, such a cowboy. <laughs> I know! Between the boots and the pickup truck. Oh my truck. god, on a steel horse, that man rides. <laughs> <laughs> Chapman, listening listen to Garth Brooks. My some whiskey. favorite scene that never happened is him riding up to the Animorphs on a horse with a cowboy hat. And then he tips his hat and he says... You could see anything shady around these here parts. <laughs> yes. That's my favorite scene that never happens. <laughs> okay, I need like somebody to write a cowboy country dirge about what it's like to have a yerk in your head. <laughs> like, please, someone make this happen. My yerk left me the other day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Please, I need this for science. And then his vizzer died, and then his truck left him too. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, what have we done? This is a sad thing. This is the worst thing we've said ever. (laughs) God bless the troops. God bless the troops. (laughs) I'm so sorry, anybody that listens to country. It's great. No, it's great. This has been my life for the past couple of weeks as I write a country-themed uh, romance graphic novel. I mean, my only accreditation here is that I have been to a lot of barns that would play only country music. And you do ride horses quite frequently. Yeah, but I'm not a cowboy. We all know that. I jump shit. I don't know. I don't know anything about being a cowboy. I've never wrestled a cow to the ground. Yeah, it's, it's fine. You, you've wrestled a goose. It's pretty much the same thing. Oh, well, yeah, in that case, then I'm very qualified to talk about this. It's not the animal, it's the ferocity in which they fight back. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the scariest animal in the world, the Canadian goose. I think, <laughs> I think a goose is scarier than a cow, for sure. I, I mean, I think in some ways, yes. But in other, more very real ways... I would rather jump off a horse to grab a goose than I would to grab a cow. Okay. Because I can knock one down. True. You cannot knock a cow down. We talked about this. <laughs> I'm glad we've already established this. We have a baseline. We're not bringing this conversation out of nowhere. We already know this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go listen to episode 28, The Experiment, I think it is, for context. On how much you can knock cows down, the answer is not at all. (laughs) 
Oh my god, what is happening? Let's go goose tipping. <laughs> I'm so sorry that we've made it here already. Oof. I'm so sorry. Okay. So, so Cowboys and Chapman. Cowboys and Chapman. Cowboys and Chapman. Chapman. Just said. <laughs> that is, you said that with your human mouth, and I wish that you would stand I by did. it forever now. Okay, Cowboys and Chapman. I'm an Um, He gets out of his truck and starts yelling at the hard hat guy about what's taking so long. And the hard hat guy stammers that it's taking longer than they thought and there's more debris and blah, blah, blah. Their, their conversation kind of fades off as Jake overhears and then just runs out of the construction site. <laughs> so they started this conversation that didn't pay off because Jake left immediately. Like... I, when this was happening, I was like, yeah, of course, it's one of the first books, like, the Animorphs are all about doing, like, recon missions and everything. But yeah, Jake does just fucking leave, like. Yeah, as soon as Chapman shows up, he's like, well, I got what I needed. Goodbye! Fuck, Jake. What the fuck? I don't know. And I thought for sure we'd see, like, Homer running out of the construction site. No, Jake just stands up and, like, his teenage boy self just jogs away slowly, (laughs) like. Okay, bye. Okay, yeah. Well, you know, they're still new at this. They'll figure it out eventually, I hope. Yeah. After he beefs it out of there, we cut to some llamas. Just kidding, it's Cassie's farm. Um, We see llamas, there's some deer, Um, there's a fucking African kudu, <laughs> which is where I got confused. I was like, that is not a native animal. What is going on? Um, before I realized, along with some subsequent shots of elephants in the background, that they've apparently combined the gardens with Cassie's farm into some sort of, like, preserved zoo situation. Yes, and they just call it the preserve. I, okay. I mean, I guess. Probably couldn't rent out a theme park for the garden shots, so I guess this is a logical step. I, Um, I guess, but you could shoot at a zoo for half a day. You could be like... Listen, we're shooting a TV show. Can we come to your zoo and just shoot here for a bit? (laughs) Can we go into the lion cage? I mean, no, but they didn't need to. (laughs) Ugh. I don't know. It It was a little alarming to see elephants walking around, but, you know, whatever. It was, like, it was very, like... Oh no, this is like a backyard animal park. Oh no. <laughs> oh no, yeah, you're right. <laughs> oh no, there's a baby hork with you. <laughs> oh no. Um, in addition to all of these critters, there's also a black horse running around in a field. Just losing his fucking mind. Okay, yeah, tell me about this horse. God, this horse was just so full of joy. <laughs> <laughs> tail was up his tail was up he was running this horse was like they're like please get me the black arabian i need the full i was gonna ask i'm pretty sure i mean i'd have to re-review the footage let me do that now but i'm pretty sure it's an arabian <laughs> we have it here we well we have youtube that's all when i see knows. that like curved tail situation yeah. i immediately think arabian that's, but i don't know if that's, that's like a characteristic nope that's accurate that is an arabian i love it I just picked a random point, but you know what? It worked out well for me. Yeah, here we go. (laughs) Yeah, I'm relatively sure that that's an Arabian right there. This horse is just having a joyous time. Clearly, there's somebody just off screen with a lunge line. 
clucking to him <laughs> like go have at it have a good time and this horse is just losing his shit i love it yeah beautiful trot though wonderful canter transition a little short strided but i'll i'll forgive them <laughs> here he goes yep oh he's big mad big arabian mad doing that head toss like that that's another arabian big thing arabian mad. i mean other head horses toss? like there's a very specific head toss that like other horses will do it but it always screams arabian to me where they like okay. put their head down and they do like a nose twirl thing, and I'm always like, oh, that's like a that's an Arabian mad right there. <laughs> but I'm sure there's more than just that one, that breed that is capable of such anger. But yes, <laughs> <laughs> that horse is just Jeez. like fuck this shit. I don't want to work today, and then I'm gonna run. But it's only because I'm mad at you, and then it's having a good time. <laughs> then it's not. This horse is all over the place, really. Ugh. Horse emotions. Horse emotions. They, this horse was filled with emotions. This horse is honestly putting in the most emotional work of anyone <laughs> in this show. Oh, no. <laughs> oh. Uh, I do love Tobias staring at this horse like he's never seen anything like it. Tobias stares at everything in this in this preserve. <laughs> Except for, like, the fucking elephants. He's like, oh, yeah, elephants. Seen those. But, like, wow. Yeah, no big deal. Whatever. I see those every day. Look at that horse, though. Wow. <laughs> wow. What a horse. Like, he really is he's staring like, like holy shit. Can, are you seeing this? He's like every protagonist in a movie about a horse. Like, every young boy who sees a horse in a field and is like, I'm going to befriend that horse. Like, the next moment, he's like, I'm going to plow my dad's rocky field with that Arabian. <laughs> And everybody else is like, you'll never get that fancy of a horse to plow any field. That's a racehorse. And he's like, no, our bonds will make it so. Oh, my God. That's my favorite horse movie, War Tom Hiddleston. <laughs> War Tom Hiddleston, the movie. That's oh, See, shit. this is how you know. This is the difference between War Tom Hiddleston and Black Beauty. If this was Black Beauty, he'd be standing stoically in the field while shit happens around him. Like... The train goes past and he stands stoically and they're like, oh, he pulled up and looked, but he never put a foot wrong. That's how you know it's Black Beauty. (laughs) (laughs) You can tell it's Seabiscuit if Spider-Man shows up. Spider-Man is... (laughs) And he's not eating food because he has to maintain a... That's the only thing I remember from that movie. He wouldn't eat the soup. He would not eat the soup. There's, I remember a lot from that movie because I did have it on DVD, but the not eating the soup was definitely one. And then as soon as Seabiscuit starts winning and gets the uh, the um, weight disadvantage put against him, him celebrating yeah. by eating all the food. And then yep, I remember that too. The race where he doesn't know that he lost because he can't see out of one eye. Toby Maguire or the horse? Toby Maguire. Oh. He got, I, I don't think the horse would care. But The horse does not give a single shit. <laughs> oh, damn, I didn't well, win. That's not true because that was Seabiscuit's whole thing is that you'd pull him up next to the other horse, let him look them in the eye, and then that's how he would get his encouragement to run. Do you remember that from the movie? <laughs> no, but that makes me think of the horse that had to listen to his favorite song. I was going to start good. talking about that next, of course. Oh, shit. Oh, of course, I was going to talk about that fucking Disney movie next. Sorry, back to oh. Tobias looking at a horse like he's never seen anything so magnificent in his life. How are we only two and a half minutes into this show? I don't know. So much is That's happened. why I'm scared. And so much more will happen. Cassie's mom shows up. 
Um, she's wearing white pants, which I would think a vet would know better. Um, but that's just my opinion. Oh my god. Um, Can I talk about this poor woman for a second? I'm sorry to sure. derail again. No. <laughs> okay, the actress that plays Cassie's mom is fucking putting in the work. Like, she knows mm-hmm. everybody but Tobias. So the Tobias scene makes total sense. She's like, who are you? Rachel. She's like, who's this weird kid on my farm? For yeah. sure. What the fuck are you doing here, you strange boy? Rachel runs up, vouches for him, runs up with Marco. This actress, oh my God, she is like, oh my God, Rachel. It's so nice to see you. Like, just effusive, bubbly, wonderful, welcoming, reaches out. Puts a hand on them. Has, like, these insane, like, warm interactions. Does any one of the kids pick up on her interaction and reciprocate? No. The answer to that question is no. Not a single one. She's like, oh, my God, Rachel. It's so nice to see you. Rachel's like, yeah, Tobias is cool. And then she's like, oh, my God, Marco. How are you doing? With Jake, like, she actually, like, Jake walks in and she goes, Jake, I'm so happy to see you. And puts, like, an arm on his shoulder like she's going to draw him in for a hug. And, like, Jake just freezes. Like, just stops. And then, like, (laughs) dismisses her and walks past her. And, like, I don't know who this actress was, but she was like, I am a mom, and these are my kids' friends, and I love them. And, like, none of the kids, like, picked up what she was putting down. Oh, no. Okay, sorry. We can move along now. (laughs) That's interesting, because I thought she greeted Jake very disproportionately more warmly than anyone else. Yes, definitely. Jake was the warmest greeting, but she like greeted all of them warmly. Yeah. No, I see what you mean though. And like, even though Rachel did like called her by her first name, Mm -hmm. like obviously like, oh yeah, I'm your daughter's best friend. Like I know you, like it's cool. So I I was picking up on that, but Marco was just kind of like, hey, I was just like, okay. (laughs) (sighs) But I do see what you mean. I feel like she was like, I am a seasoned actress. I'm trying to do this thing. And these kids are not seasoned. <laughs> these and kids they're are doing their best too. Not <laughs> reacting at all. It's fine. It's fine. But like, I just love that they kept the take where she was shocked by it every time. Like, oh, okay. Like, I guess I'm the only one acting here. Like, and like every time that happened, they're like, it must have been like one take. And they're like, got it. Perfect. Nailed it. Oh, no. <laughs> Let's move along. Oh, no. Uh, maybe it was the only take in which the Harris Hawk didn't scream. Yes. Okay. So she walks up. She's got a Harris Hawk on a glove. We've been over this. It's supposed to be a red tail. It's not for some reason. It's fine. Yeah. We'll move along. Fuck it. We've we've talked about this ad nauseum. It's fine. So, yeah. She says hello to Tobias. Um, I thought it was funny. Tobias, at this point, we like, we, like, truck out and we see him, like, standing full body. He's surrounded by goats. <laughs> That they like, never we, acknowledge. They never explain these goats. He's staring <laughs> at this horse, presumably just like standing alone in the lane by himself. And no, but we zoom out and he's surrounded by fucking goats. And I loved it. I don't. <laughs> oh. He's just like only vaguely aware that these creatures are around him. It's fine. <laughs> it's, it's all fine. Oh, God. So she's like, are you looking for Cassie? And he's like, yeah. Um. She's like, I haven't seen you around here before and kind of treats him with like suspicion. Like, okay, who are you? And like you said, Rachel Marco runs up. Uh, Rachel's like, that's Tobias. He just moved here. And then we're friendly, obviously. Um, Tobias is like, oh, it must be really cool to live on the preserve. 
And Cassie's mom's like, well, life is certainly never dull. And then she walks by him with the Harris hawk. And I feel like she basically punched him in the face with this hawk. She kind of did, though. Like, she lifts the hawk up and she walks, like, right by this kid. And the hawk is, like, an inch from his face. And I was like, okay. Like, you'd think you would try to, like, avoid him a little bit just in case the bird, like, jumped or something. But no, no, she's like, boof. The director's instructions here were take it right past his face so that it looks at him eye level. And she was like, got it. That would have been great, though. Like, as soon as she passed, there was, like, slow motion as the hawk looks at Tobias, and then Tobias looks at the hawk. That would have been so cool. (laughs) Every step you take. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Tobias will have his moment with the hawk in a little bit, though. He will. And you can tell that, like, the falconer was like, I have very specific instructions for you, children. I, I was going to ask you, like, how do you think um, uh, Cassie's mom's actress did with the, the hawk? She did great. She was clearly somewhat intimidated, but she did great. It was a big bird. It was a big bird, but she was acting the shit. Like, she fucking nailed this. She's a true seasoned actress. This will not phase her. <laughs> She's not like the newbies in the construction site that didn't know to pick a line and run across it determinedly. It, this is the most talented person we've seen. it just made me think of like actors you know interviews with actors in like past movies where they've had to deal with some sort of animal that they were afraid of Uh and they talk about it after the fact like oh yeah i had to touch a snake and i was so grossed out and blah 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 yeah and i had to act through it so i i had several of those kind of flashbacks both with the hawk and with marco holding the rat later or and and nadia holding the rat later yeah Um, nadia does great with that but like this I think we could also credit the hawk here. Like, Harris hawks are pretty chill as far as hawks go. (laughs) And this hawk was very chill, and that actress Mm -hmm. did a good job. Yeah, it didn't seem stressed at all. It wasn't panting or flapping too much. Um, Yeah, he was just happy to fucking be here. Yeah. Cassie's mom leads them into the barn. Shout out to Rachel, who's wearing very nice clothes, and it's very, very muddy. Uh, at this farm and she's just walking through like eh, whatever did you notice the heels that she was walking through that mud in yes i did yeah she fucking nailed that oh my god i freaking love like sometimes like you know you get the character that kind of is like ew mud and they kind of like pick their feet up and stuff no she just walked like a normal person and i was like love you rachel she's Brooke was bringing the whole, like, Rachel vibe of, I will just walk through this normally. It cannot bother me. <laughs> oh, God. She did such a good job. Oh, my God. Okay. I'll talk about it later. <laughs> okay. Um, so, they get into the barn. Cassie's mom puts the hawk on a perch. Um, we get some shots of some of the animals inside the barn. There's some skunks. I need your opinion. What the fuck was this, like, fox-looking animal? Hang on. I'm there. Let's watch it again to make sure... It looked like like a tanuki or something. That's the problem with the fact that we're like now out of like these are not native species. Yeah, because it could be like anything. It could be because it's like anything. that's not an Arctic fox because the face shape is wrong. But it's definitely like kind of a fox adjacent critter, and I'm not sure what it was, <laughs> and I really want to know because it's really cute. I like that it's fox adjacent. Sorry, they're talking in the barn now, and I'm waiting for it to get past there. Brooke is acting the shit out. I can't hear what she's saying, but you can tell. She's she's right, fucking Brooke, nailing it. She did such a good job. I'm... Ugh. Tobias is losing his shit petting this hawk. 
just losing his mind. Did I miss it? I must have missed it. Yeah, it's like when they first get in. Oh, what the fuck is that? I know. That's not a that's not yeah. a native species. Maybe it's like a one of those like Russian half domesticated foxes or something. I don't know. It doesn't even like But it, yeah, it doesn't look exactly like a fox. Like like I said, it looks close to a tanuki, but it's like gray and and smaller. I don't know. Is it supposed to be like some kind of raccoon? I don't know. Like is that what it kind of almost looks like just a fucked up domesticated dog. I mean it could be I don't know. Audience right in. It's some sort of, of adorable critter that I love and want to hug. There's also some skunks, which I also love and want to hug. Uh-huh. Same. And there's some llamas, shit like that. Mm-hmm. Um, we cut back to the hawk and Tobias. Tobias is like, he's beautiful. Cassie's mom says his mother was shot by a poacher and they raised him from a baby. What a weird fucking story. <laughs> I know, whatever. <laughs> um, a very good couple of lines coming up. One from Marco who says he probably misses his mother. And Tobias says he probably had never even knew her. And I was like, I see what you did there. Yeah. I see. Very poignant. Loved it. See, writers are also not phoning it in. The only people failing us are the editors. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I do have complaints about the writing. But oh, that's later. sorry. <laughs> okay. Never mind. Everyone sucks. No, no, no. <laughs> that's the thing about this episode is it, it's some very egregiously bad stuff, but there's also some really fucking good stuff coming up, and I'm really excited to talk about it. Yes. Talking about the Hawk's mother. Jake comes in and says hi to Cassie's mom. And he's like, is Cassie around? And Cassie's mom's like, she's probably at the house. I'll send her down. So she leaves. Jake, Rachel, and Marco head to the back of the barn while Tobias hangs out with the Hawk, as you do. Um, Cassie's mom sticks her head back in and tells him not to fucking touch anything. (laughs) (laughs) Which I loved. (laughs) It's like, please don't. I don't want to get sued. Um... So then she leaves again. Jake tells him about the construction site, but he calls it the plant. I don't know. Um, he's like, there were controllers, there were cops. They deduced that the cops were also controllers, which again, they established last episode, whatever. Um, Mark was like, what if they saw you? Jake says they didn't. Um, Tobias is kind of listening, but mostly he's deciding to pet this hawk, which seems to be fine with it. Totally um, fine with it. Does not give a single shit. Yeah. And we hear the whooshing noise that says he acquired it. Back to the kids, Rachel says, if other pe- or if uh, those people could be controllers, other people can be controllers, like teachers and the government and media. Marco makes a great joke that's like, oh no, not TV. <laughs> that was a good joke. <laughs> um, then Jake's like, hey, Tobias, where did you drop that disc that Elfangor gave you? And Tobias gets like really fucking defensive. He's like, I didn't drop it. I didn't even touch it because I couldn't catch a little underhanded shot from a weak armed Andalite. Um, it did fly like goddamn 20 feet past him, though. That's true. Sorry, I was just remembering how great that fucking shot was. It was, God, it was funny, though. He got really, really defensive. He was so mad. It's like, dude, what are you what the fuck are you so mad about? It's fine. No, it just didn't feel like Tobias to me. He's having Whatever. issues nailing the <laughs> the tone, I think. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's them trying to make him more of like a loner bad boy. I don't know. I have no Which idea. It's ridiculous because he's a soft boy. He is a soft and marshmallowy centered boy. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he 
whines about the disc and Jake's like, we have to get it back. Rachel's like, they can't. And Jake's like, ah, but we could go back as animals. <gasps> so almost like, we're the Animorphs. We are the Animorphs. Um, Marco gets uncomfortable and it's like, we should wait for Cassie. They're like, what's taking her so long? <laughs> and then I guess the horse snuck in earlier, but I didn't see it. Um, you did it? it? So- I thought it was a gag. I thought it was supposed to be a gag because it's so fucking loudly clip-clopped in behind them. Oh, really? When? Yes. Like, at one point, they're just talking and hanging out, and literally you see the horse walk in the door and, like, go past Brooke into the stall on the other side of Brooke, and, like, nobody turns and looks, but the horse is definitely, like, like, it's wearing shoes on (laughs) concrete-level noise. (laughs) Well, I missed it, too, so I was just like, why is there a horse here? I don't... And that's the same horse that we saw in the field, I'm pretty sure. So I don't know how the fuck it got in here. They're literally like, I wonder where Cassie could be. What's taking her? And it's like, clop, 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 like through the whole thing. Yeah, I'm watching it right now. Timestamp, four minutes and 26 seconds in. The horse obnoxiously walks in behind Brooke. (laughs) All right. Well, it was subtle. So if that's what they were going for. They succeeded. I thought me. it was a a gag because it was so not subtle. <laughs> well, maybe you were looking for the horse and I was not. It's true. I did know that you the are more horse minded than I. That's it's just something you got to be aware of. <laughs> I guess be aware of the horse just, at all times. You got to be aware of where they're putting their body. It may explode. It may explode, and you for may no be reason. in the way. That's how they work. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> So yeah, they, they complain about Cassie taking forever and the horse comes up behind Rachel and nudges her and is like, who are you calling a flake? And it's Cassie. And then Cassie and Rachel have like a little conversation and thought speak and Marco gets really confused and whispers to Jake that Rachel has lost it. Yeah. And then Cassie says she can direct her thoughts, her thought speak to whoever she wants and loops them all in. And then she starts morphing out of the horse. And this is where we realize that they can morph clothes and shoes in the TV show, which is probably a good call, but that is a thing. <laughs> yeah, it is still disappointing. And of course, the first shot is of the four, like the front feet of the horse morphing into Cassie's back legs. And you're just like, oh, come on. I did notice that as well. Yeah. Um, I want her to do the centaur thing in the new movie. I hope she does that. I mean... She, they kind of tried to do it in the TV show where they just kept yeah. her fucking head obnoxiously a horse's head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they tried. It was fine. They didn't really make a point that she, like, morphed better than anyone else, though. No. So, yeah, she morphs back into human, and Marco makes many disparaging noises, and when she's done, <laughs> he claims he's going to throw up. <laughs> uh, Cassie is like, oh, the morph- the morphing is getting smoother, and everyone's like, that was really gross and rough, and Cassie talks about how cool it was being a horse and running around and how she wasn't scared anymore. And I was like, yeah, but you're a horse. You're scared of everything. Yeah, it was the constant (laughs) fear is what really you just get used to that level. So after that, Jake says, "Uh, who's going to be next to morph? And of course, Rachel volunteers because she's awesome. There's a barn cat that appears very suddenly and conveniently. Um, she touches it and acquires it, and then Cassie talks her through how to morph. Rachel sits on the stall door, or whatever beam thing that is, and we see her arm morph into a cat paw, and then her eyes change, and then Marco looks 
grossed out again. And then we have a shot of the two cats sitting side by side. Jake tries to get her attention. He's like, Rachel, Rachel. She does not respond. And Tobias chuckles and says, she's ignoring you. And Cassie says, of course she is. She's a cat. And that made me laugh. (laughs) I enjoyed that very much. (laughs) Um, Jake kind of rolls his eyes and he's like, Rachel, are you okay? And she responds in kind of like a sultry catwoman voice. She's like, "Mm, don't talk to me. I feel very, very cool right now. (laughs) So they're like, all right, cool, whatever. Uh, Marco, it's your turn. And Marco is like, no, we should just forget about this whole thing. I'm not doing this. And Marco kind of launches into like a tirade at this point. And he's like, this is not a video game. We could get killed. Just like that Andalite, this is real life. You don't know me. You don't know my life. You have a perfect family. My mom's dead. If something happened to me, my dad would lose it. Um, Cassie's trying to tell him, like, they're not asking him to risk his life. uh, And being able to morph might actually save his life. Jake agrees with her. And he says that the Yerks are their reality now. And Rachel also chimes in to encourage him. And then Marco's finally like, okay, but I get to pick my animal. Yeah, that's this whole... I was amazed by, like how much of the dialogue from the book they actually put into this one scene. Yeah. I don't really ever remember thinking at any point watching this TV show, like, oh, yeah, this is, like, really similar to the book. But, like, this was, they actually, like, took dialogue from the book for this scene, Hmm. which I never would have known had we not just reread the first book. Yeah. Like, it's, it's verbatim, are you saying? It's not, it's not, but it's very close to like summarizing Mm. what the characters actually like said and argued and like the whole like marco saying like you don't know my life you don't know this about me (laughs) Uh, particularly when he says like you've had the perfect life and like that's in the book like marco says that shit to them in the book so like okay i was surprised by how close it actually was so he hits all the same, like, talking points. He but... does. It, like, not as long or as, like, spaced out yeah. or as naturally in conversation as, like, a human might. But, like, sure. yeah. Yeah. He hits all the points. Okay. And I was really surprised by that. I did not expect it. Even yeah. though I've seen all of this and read the books. Somehow I'm still <laughs> surprised. No, it's, it's cool. My memory um... is trash, people. You're just looking at it in a new context, maybe. I don't know. I think it's just that I've never, like... I mean, the last time I watched the TV show, it's been years. But, like, mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever, like, read the first book and then watched the first episode of the TV show right after. Mm-hmm. Like, so I think some yeah. things are, are popping out to me that sure. wouldn't before. Anyways, yes. And Rachel is very cool. Just so everyone knows, she's extremely cool. She's a kitty. She's a dirty kitty. She's really dirty. Oh, my God. (laughs) That cat was filthy. That cat, like, that cat showed up on set that day. They're like, oh, Jesus. Did you think about giving it a bath before you came here? Oh, no. Yeah, it's like, it's like a white cat with, like, splotches on it, which is fine. But then it's got, like, this soot across its chest, across a white part of its chest. And I'm just like, who did this to this cat and why? It's almost like they filmed the later scene first and then filmed this scene and did not clean the cat between the scenes. Yeah, for sure. Anyway. Um, Sorry. Back to so, Boris, dicking around. Back to Boris, laying it all out. He's very sad and yeah. scared. It's fine. So he's like, okay, I will I will try, but I get to pick the animal. 
So Cassie shows him around the barn. She's like, we got goats, we got piggies, we got a llama, um, which I thought was funny because he does turn into a llama in the crocodile book. Which would have been a great thing, having him acquire the llama at this point, but... I know! I thought they were going to go that way, honestly, at first. That would have been awesome. But no, he turns around and points to a rat, which is in a rat cage slash, like, tunnel maze behind him. And I'm like, oh, okay, we're going down the David route. Okay, cool, whatever. It's fine. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Uh, Rats have been uh, ruined for me, clearly. Yeah, Um, obviously. All of us. It's been ruined for all of us, truly. Which sucks, because rats are great. They are. Um, So he's like, yeah, you know, I've always wanted a rat. I never thought I'd become one. So Cassie takes it out, and it's like, this is Bitsy. Bitsy, this is Marco. Marco acquires it, yada, yada, yada. Um, <laughs> he starts morphing and he gets like halfway through his face before he freaks out and stops the morph. And then he's got this weird rat face, which was very silly. Um, and he's like, am I a rat? And Tobias is like, I'd say you're more of a rat man, which like sick burn Tobias, I guess. I don't know. That was like Tobias doing his best to like, I'm going to, I'm going to launch an insult. It's going to be Tobias time now, everybody. <laughs> And then he tries. I'm part of the group. I'm part of this group. I'm also going to say mean things. But then his mean yeah. things was like, you're a, you're a butt. <laughs> you have a rat face. <laughs> Literally. I'm not a chicken. Okay. You're a turkey. You're a turkey. <laughs> <laughs> oh. He's been too busy being bullied. He doesn't know how to bully. He is like, I'm going to watch all the PSA commercials and just you wait. <laughs> not throwing away my shot anyway <laughs> not going down this road this is your brain on drugs and here's your <laughs> friends and your family oh my god the commercial <laughs> any uh, questions <laughs> shit don't believe everything you see on tv <laughs> oh Good. Oh I'm gonna watch that commercial after we're done. I just want to watch all the PSAs. Like, I feel like Canada was a lot more PSA heavy than the U.S., but I need to watch them all now. Do you remember the animated like special they did with all those different properties that came together to talk about drugs for a half an hour? No. It was like the Ninja Turtles and like Rainbow Bright. Oh, yes. Yeah, and, like the Power Rangers and shit. Why was everybody so obsessed with drugs in the nineties? I think it was Kurt Cobain doing his, like, overdose and and suicide thing. Like, I think that, like, perpetuated a lot of it. But I could be wrong. I don't know. I bet it also had to do. Pretty rampant. Yeah, I was going to say, I think there was a few (laughs) other drugs. Uh, Yeah, there's some other things. But, like, yeah, part of a thing. That's okay. So, not that drugs aren't important, but just to move slightly adjacent. There was this PSA in Canada that I feel like I've, we've talked about before on the podcast, which was, like, the North American house hippo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, that one was literally just a PSA for don't believe everything you see on TV. Like, yeah. question shit. And it's like, what was happening? <laughs> <laughs> like, where is this coming from, everybody? <laughs> That's really interesting. I don't think we've talked about that on the podcast, but I have heard that story from other 
friends that I have who are from Canada. So apparently it was like a cultural touchstone for Canadians. I have a t-shirt of it right now. It's the Blue Jays logo, the baseball team that says North American House Hippo. And it has like oh my God. hippo where the Blue Jay goes. I fucking love that hippo. Incredible. It was amazing. I The hippo was the best. <laughs> it truly was. It literally was just a tiny hippo that goes around your house at night collecting your pocket lint to build nests. And it like swam Aww. in a dog bowl and like it was amazing. I love this hippo. Yeah, and they would, they'd be like, look at this adorable hippo. Do you love this hippo? Is this hippo everything you've ever wanted? This hippo that lives in your house. And at the end of the commercial, they're like, it doesn't live in your house. You're an idiot if you believe this. Fucking idiot. <laughs> You're a fucking stupid idiot if you thought this house hippo was real. But it was great. And I wish the house hippo was real. Me too. Anyways, sorry. Not to, I don't know how oh. we got here, but here we go. hippo would have been a cool morph. Oh, oh. It would have been deadly as fuck. Yeah. Right after the mosquitoes. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Tobias does a sick burn on Marco. Marco reverses the morph and he's like, I can't do this. And he looks kind of ashamed, which I felt really bad for him. Yeah. Um, And then Jake, (laughs) because this is the only way to get a guy to do something is to step forward and challenge him. And he says, I dare you. And that makes Marco want to try again. Because now Jake has challenged his manhood. Jesus fucking Christ. Like, this is the best part. Because that's exactly how they got him to acquire Big Jim in the books. That's true. Oh, yeah. It was totally like, oh, what? You scared? Okay, I'll do it if you're so scared of it. But, like, literally, instead of having this whole, like, what? Are you scared to become a little rat? That's pathetic. And, like, guilting him into it. Instead of, like, Jake literally just steps like two feet closer to him like puffs out his chest and goes i dare you and then he's like oh (laughs) shit now i gotta do it oh no i forgot about that (laughs) yeah this was like another one of those moments where i'm like oh shit like they actually took this from the first book like at some point Somebody must have read the first book, but then, like, I don't know what happened. Did they only skim it, or, like, were they speed reading it too fast, or... Maybe it was taking too long to read all the books and, and adapt from that. Maybe they were just loosely just being like, okay, these ki- now we have our premise. Let's just make some adventures. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how the rest it. of the show goes. I mean, they touch on plot lines, but, like, this was definitely the most, like, kind of... They even though they changed it and they adapted it, like this one was the one where they like kind of touched on the most things that I thought. I mean, who knows? Maybe when we get to the third episode, I'll remember more shit because again, it's been years. But like this really sure. struck me as like, wow, they actually like touched on some things that happened in the book, hmm. which I didn't ever remember them doing before. That's more credit than I was willing to give them. <laughs> I don't know. I honestly don't know why I'm giving them so much credit. The PSAs have scrambled my brain. Ugh. Sorry. This is it not okay. a great show. <laughs> no, it's, 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 it's a show and it's worth talking about. I kind of love it, though. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm quite fond of what we've seen so far. So yeah, Marco is like, okay, give me the stupid rat. And Cassie's like, you already acquired it, so just go ahead and morph again. So he does. And I thought this was easily the best morphing sequence in the Mm -hmm. episode. It was very short. It was just his face starts morphing, and then he kind of, like, ducks out of camera. 
Yeah. And then it cuts to him, like, being a rat on the ground. And it's like, okay, yeah, that's a little fast for a morph, but, like, it was pretty effective. Yeah. Um, they Finally, they didn't try to show too much. Yeah. For sure. Um, so, he's a rat. Despite all his rage, he's still just a rat in a cage. <laughs> um, <laughs> had to. Had to. Um <laughs> Uh, unfortunately, uh, Rachel is still a cat, so she runs over to him as if to eat him, and everyone's like, no, 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 control the animal mind. Marco freaks out, runs back into the cage. Rachel finally gains control, and she sounds a little bit shaky. She's like, okay, okay, I'm doing it, it's fine. Um, Cassie goes all mom mode and is like, you two, change back now! (laughs) Which I loved. I like how mad she got. Um, she did get very mad. Yes, change back now. Change back now, you naughty Put children! Put down! I swear um, to God. I swear to God, I will turn this car around. It was great. <laughs> we will leave the zoo right now if you don't start behaving. <laughs> I will not buy you an ice cream. There will be no treats on the way home the way you're acting. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so so Rachel changes back. It's fine. And then Marco, we, we kind of cut away from Marco when we hear him change back. And then he's standing with a mouse wheel on his head. Oh and he's, like, God. covered in, like, mouse shavings and stuff. And I thought that was really funny. That I was very... wanted to be the person that worked there that did that to Boris. Like, come here, let me put this wheel on your head. Come here. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is one of the instances of the episode that I really liked. Like, it was genuinely very, like, cute and funny. Yeah, um, and I I didn't get annoyed that Marco would be smart enough not to morph inside a rat cage, but it was fine. It's fine. It was funny, and I'll accept it. So Marco's like, "Oh man, that was like having like way too much coffee." And Rachel's like, "Oh, it's like having two minds. One is animal, one is human, and they're fighting each other." Cassie says the human mind is stronger, but they have to learn how to focus. Weird moment. Rachel sidles up to Marco and throws her arm around him. And she's like, I just wanted to sink my fangs into Marco's rat neck. And Marco's like, yeah, that's what all the girls say. And, and then he like turns to her and they're like very close and they brush noses. And I was like, guys, make room for Jesus. What? I'm very uncomfortable right now. Like, ugh. Does this mean you do not ship the Marco-Rachel relationship? No, it was. it's more one of those things where it's like, I put myself in that position and I'm like, you are in my bubble right now. And I don't like, we talked about this last episode when like an actor gets way too close to another actor. I feel that like secondhand, like get out of my face. I'm very uncomfortable. Absolutely. (laughs) This one made me less uncomfortable though, than the weird, like crate standing Marco Jake moment where like, (laughs) Because of the way that he had to crane his neck, that like when Marco was looking up at Jake, how he had to crane his neck, that one was more awkward. This was more of like a situation that like was awkward, but could conceivably happen in a space as opposed to the other one, which is like, why the fuck did they make that decision? Uh, maybe. I don't know. It, yeah, still awkward. But like, I feel like Jake and Marco are closer than Marco and Rachel at this point. That's so. uh, okay. Casey, I love you, but if <laughs> if you ever stand in front of me, lean your back up against me, and talk to me with your head craned facing me, I will move. I will leave. I'm just not going to stand for that. 
gonna, I'm gonna do that, and then I'm gonna make you hold your palm out. But like, if we were standing next to each other and you put your arm around me and we ended up brushing noses, I'd be like, "Oh, that was close." Like, it wouldn't bother me. But if you do those other two things we just discussed, I'm leaving. Oh no. Oh, the palm thing and the gripping <laughs> Oh, my God. That's so fucking awkward. Anybody who hasn't listened to our entire repertoire is going to be so confused. <laughs> like, what the fuck are you talking... Just look at the episode art for, like, episode 10. <laughs> yeah, that's all Jesus. you need to know. It's a nightmare. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, God. This is crazy. We have inside jokes now. Gross. So, yeah, they almost make out. It's very uncomfortable. Um... <laughs> And then they get serious and they're like, okay, remember, for the audience, we have to be careful. No more than two hours in Morph. We can only use Morphs to fight the Yerks. And then there's a really cute exchange where Marco's like, yeah, we got it, Perito, and, which means dog in Spanish. And Jake is like, all right, rat man. And I just <laughs> thought that was really cute. I, 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 I love their friendship. And it, like, it shows the actors like really bring that to the screen. And I love that. Yeah, I was distracted at that moment because that's when Scott started going, oh, he's speaking Spanish? You see that? You see that? This boar speaking Spanish. And he started getting all like, <laughs> what? Oh, I don't know what this flex is. Like, I was just looking at him like, what is this flex? Like, what? <laughs> like, what are you trying to say? Yeah, like sometimes I feel like he really is trying to tell me a joke and I'm just not getting it. But it doesn't make any sense. This is one of those moments where I was just looking at him like, Yeah. Okay. <laughs> At least they didn't like turn to the to camera and break the fourth wall and be like, "By the way, that means dog in Spanish." <laughs> that would have been amazing. Oh my god! Like it would have been awful, but also that would have been amazing. <laughs> this is a '90s educational TV for the children. <laughs> Do you know how to say dog in Spanish? <laughs> Very good. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Oofa doofa. <laughs> Christ. Okay. Sorry. Okay. So they have that adorable friendship moment that I loved. Uh-huh. And Jake's like, okay, we've all morphed. Let's go do this thing. And Rachel's like, hang on. Tobias hasn't. Because she's always looking out for Tobias. She super is. And then Jake's like, oh, sorry. I forgot about Tobias. Sorry, Tobias. I- oh, where'd he go? And Tobias has left. Kind of. Like, he's left by, like, ten feet. <laughs> yeah, well, they don't know that. They don't know that, but he yes. didn't really leave. And I don't understand, like, I didn't understand any of that. Like, they almost seem like they're trying to play it off. Like, Tobias got scared and left. And it's, like, scared of what? He, like, sat through all the morphing and then, like, was just all of a sudden, like, oh, I've got to go. <laughs> I don't feel comfortable anymore. <laughs> they they use Spanish reason. and I had to leave. Oh, no. I the do... girl that I like flirted with this other guy. I have to go. Oh, maybe that was it. Maybe Tobias oh. didn't like them getting close because. I feel like they should have cut to him like looking, you know. Yeah, no, it was like a something. full several minutes later. Like... Yeah, no, no, no. Like we haven't seen Tobias in many, many shots. And then suddenly he's gone. So we don't know at what point he decided to bail. We have no clue what the catalyst was. And also the scene then continues after that. And then it cuts to Tobias outside right. looking scared. There's like, it doesn't make any sense. It really doesn't. 
I don't. And like, he had just made a, a, a dunk on Marco. That's the last we saw of him. And so it felt like he was getting more comfortable with the group. Like, that's the only thing I could conclude was he no longer felt comfortable in the group for some reason and was just like, okay, I'm going to go. But I don't know. I have no clue. We'll never know because it's never explained. Um, <laughs> it's never. It really isn't. So he's just gone and they go outside and they're calling for him. Marco's like, oh, you know, what if he turns us in? What if he's a controller? And Rachel's like, he wouldn't do that to us. Again, she's always looking out for him and standing up for him. Love she it. Um, Marco's like, we don't know. He's not a controller. And Jake's like, no, no, no. If he were a controller, he would have turned us in already. And then, like you said, we cut to Tobias, who is hiding behind a tree. We have our slow motion sandwich again for no fucking reason. But I laughed so hard. I think it's like, ooh, look, it's dramatic. I think that's what they're going for. I think you're right. Like, they're trying to do like a slow-mo, like, oh, no, look at this. Here's the character. Look at this. And it's like, it it doesn't do anything. Anything. I know. It's just. And it's always too close. Like, they're not showing Tobias, like, in the woods on the edge of the property. It's like the tree could be fucking anywhere. We don't know because the shot is two feet wide. It's just his head in a tree or, like, his upper body in a tree. There's no context. We don't know the lay of the land. It doesn't mean anything. It's, like, not comprehensive at all. Like, the only kind of clue we get is that like you know we cut immediately from him looking at them from behind the tree to like his sort of his perspective like you know they're they're kind of off in the distance talking by the barn but like you turn back in that direction and there's no tree there's nothing there like it's (laughs) just i don't know like some things about this are just like done well but like they just have no concept of how to make lay of the land happen like it very much feels like a college film where yeah. it's like we just don't have sets or anything. Like we just kind of have to shoot and hope it works out. We should know. We've made them. We've made several. And you know what? I think we have a better lay of the land in our some of our shots well, than And does. for ours, we know we're shooting like comedies and parodies. So it doesn't matter. It adds to the chaotic nature. But when you're shooting something that's supposed to be taken seriously, like it's not going yeah. to be because it's so bad. Right. And if you know that like from this shot, you're going to look and it's like going to create a jarring reality because there is no tree line there, even though when you're looking the other way, there's a tree line. Like, shoot that shot from a different perspective then Mm -hmm. like i was like i was gonna say even if you don't think of it in that moment when you're shooting but like that absolutely should be something you consider and if you realize that in post you've got to switch something up you've got to switch up the shot or like cut entirely to tobias watching them from the tree line with the audio in the background like that's worst case scenario workaround for that like all you all you had to do was that shot where you see them like talking in front of the barn, presumably from Tobias's perspective, is just move the camera back a few feet and get Tobias's like the side of his head in the shot. Yeah, that's all you had to do. There you go, genius. Don't Ugh. flip back to the tree line. Do not turn it around. Keep it one yeah. direction. Yeah. Ugh. Or you know what would have been even fucking better? What is? Do the entire shot from the front of the barn and then just fly the Harris Hawk out at the end. Oh, uh, yeah. Yep. Come yep. 
Come on. <laughs> Come on. Ugh. Ugh. Yikes. Man. Sorry. Um, I don't that no. got way too serious. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. It it deserves it deserves some <laughs> critique. It is not free from criticism. Tobias is hiding somewhere we don't fucking know for the reasons we just mentioned. Um they cut back to the kids. They're talking about him. They're like, do we know where he lives? He doesn't have parents. He's kind of weird. And then Marco suggests he might have gone to look for the disc without him. So they're like, Jake, what do we do? Jake's like, why am I the leader? And Cassie's like, you just are. And then Jake's kind of like, okay, well, I guess we have to go get the disc back first. They kind of agree. They leave. Cut back to Tobias, who's still hiding behind the tree. And he runs off in the other direction. For no discernible reason. Again, yeah. It's like, are, are we trying to make it look like Tobias is being shady? I don't know. It's I, like, dumb. I have no idea. And the other thing is, is like, if you're going to play Tobias like that, because that, that could be a really interesting choice to play Tobias as like very untrustworthy to the group. And like, for some reason, Rachel's defending him. But like... Then you have to start giving me crumbs of why is Rachel defending him. And it's like, we never get that. Like, this is a choice you made, but, like, then do the thing to make it be a good choice. (laughs) Yeah. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. All right. We fade to black. It's commercial break. What commercials are playing? Ooh. Oh, man. Drug PSA? Drug PSA. We went too far into PSA land to not have PSAs playing at this commercial break. Do we know which drug PSAs? Oh, what about the scrambled egg one? That's the, this is your brain on drugs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a good one. Uh Uh-huh. I'm not a chicken, you're a turkey. (laughs) That's where Tobias got his insults from. That's true. And then probably just like some sort of like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles pizza shooter disc thing. <laughs> pizza shooter disc, I remember that. <laughs> people, people who never see that commercial are like, oh, that's not a real thing. No, it was. <laughs> that's a thing. That's a real fucking thing that they made. Okay, the next two scenes coming up. I'm so excited to talk about. Do it. All right, I'm just gonna like, I'm just gonna like blaze through them, and I'm gonna yes. do them kind of shot for shot. It's nighttime, we're in a very nice house, and the camera kind of trucks in through the open window, and we see Rachel, and one of Rachel's little sisters, I think it's Jordan? I I don't know. I have no idea. I'm going to say it's Jordan, because I think she's the older one. Yeah. Um, So Rachel has just given Jordan a locket, and Jordan's like, you're giving this to me. Rachel says, you don't want it. Jordan says, I want it, but you said if I touch it again, you'd kill me. Why are you giving it to me? Rachel's putting on her jacket, and then she says... I don't know. I guess it's just because you're my little sister. And she turns to leave and Jordan asks where Rachel is going. And then Rachel kind of turns back and pauses and then gives her little sister a hug. And it's very nice. Rachel turns to leave again and Jordan says, Rachel, and looks down at the locket and she says, what's wrong with it? (laughs) And Rachel kind of laughs and leaves and then cut back to Jordan, who's considering the locket and then finally puts it on. Fucking adored this scene I forgot I was watching a shitty Animorphs show, and it felt like I was watching a regular, like, nice show. (laughs) Because I loved the scene, and it was so good and normal, and, like, the little girl had amazing comedic timing, and both girls did an amazing acting job, and I just, I fucking loved it. I agree with you on every front. Would you like to know what I thought as soon as the scene played out? Yes. 
I thought, oh my god, and you're gonna die, and your little sister's gonna have to live with that. Oh, why <laughs> would you say that? I don't know. My brain just, like, it clicked into my brain, and I was like, oh no. <laughs> why would you say that to me? I, because it was such a, I don't know. Oh, I'm no. sorry. I just, because we're starting fresh with this new thing, I, I forgot that Rachel's going to die someday, and I assume that the show's not going to get that far. It doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> so, like... Uh. It was just, like, it was such a nice, beautiful moment between the two of them, and it was funny and charming and sweet. My brain's like, nope, not going to do that. <laughs> Don't like things, Alex, you stupid idiot. <laughs> no. Why'd you do that to me I'm in the year sorry. 2020? Oh. In this in this year 2020. In these trying times, <laughs> we are reminded that Rachel dies. <laughs> I don't, it was like all I could think of watching that scene. I was like, oh no. Oh. And she's only going to have that locket to remember her sister by because that'll probably be the only thing recovered from the wreckage of their house. Fuck me. I'm so Fuck sorry. Me, Why would you do this? I don't know. Ugh. My brain does bad things. Oh. I'm sorry. Okay. Look, back okay. to the happiness that was this wonderful Let's, scene. It was so good, though. I, I, I really love this it scene. Was. It was great. I love the next scene, too. Yes. I'm tell, tell me you about, about it. it now. We're back with Marco, and he's in his kitchen, and he's pulling some food out of the microwave. And he grabs a fork and a knife and he walks over to his dad, who's sitting in the couch on, on the couch in the living room. And he gives his dad the plate and he's like, here, dad, like, eat this. And his dad's like, oh, thanks, buddy. I'm not really that hungry. And Marco jokes like, come on, dad, don't you want to grow up to be big and strong? And Marco's dad laughs. <laughs> and he's like, Marco, I didn't know you knew how to cook. And Marco's like, I cook? What are you talking about? And Marco's dad starts eating. They knock at the door. And he looks up, kind of confused. Marco goes to get it. It's Jake. Jake's like, we got to meet up in five minutes. Marco needs to get his stuff. Jake starts to come into the house. And Marco's like, actually, you should wait outside. Jake says a quick hello to Marco's dad, whose name is Jeremy, and waits on the doorstep and looks very conflicted. Uh, Marco's dad asks where Marco's going. Marco's like, we're going to do some uh, scavenger hunt thing. Marco's like, oh, but, you know, they're showing the original Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Ha ha. <laughs> and I could tape it for you if you show me how to work the VCR machine. Marco's like, dad, you're an engineer. How do you not know how to work a VCR? And his dad just kind of, like, shrugs helplessly, which is so <laughs> sad. <laughs> and Marco, like, he goes to make a really exasperated comment, but then he just kind of shuts up and he's like, I'll be back. And before he leaves, he stops at the hallway mirror and starts to adjust his hair. And dad, his dad is like, don't worry about it. You're beautiful. And then Marco <laughs> kind of smiles. And then he leaves with Jake. His dad puts the fork back down and leans against the couch and looks really sad. Let's talk about this fucking scene. Holy shit. What a masterpiece. It was oh. that, that scene broke my goddamn heart. Yeah, and this is what, like, good writing can do for something. Like, that yes. talked so much about their relationship it and how did. they interact. It did. Oh, my God. You said so much with so little information. It did. And it just felt so natural. 
and yeah. and wonderful. And the fact that Jake was going to come in and Mark was like, actually wait outside, which is direct from mm-hmm. the books. Mark is ashamed of his house, doesn't want Jake to come inside. Mm-hmm. Love that. And we already now have established that Marco's dad's an engineer and like... Mm-hmm. And that uh, he's like very, very clearly like depressed because we know his mom died and, and just kind of by the way he's acting and... Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Oh, it's just so fucking good. And it was acted so well. And okay, one thing I really fucking loved yeah. was when Marco's going to fix his hair and his dad says, don't worry about it. You're beautiful. That is such a genuinely nice thing to say to your kid. It might have been, like, a joke, but I read it as genuine. Like... It was, like, it was a genuine... It wasn't facetious, is... It wasn't! Yeah. It was, like, he was joking, of course, by telling him, like, oh, come on, you're beautiful. But, like, in a way where he's like, but I actually, you know, you are fine. (laughs) And it's such i feel like especially for the 90s especially for a dad to say to his son that's not like a common thing you would have heard i feel Mm -hmm. like you would have heard like oh you look fine or like oh yeah you're such a lady killer but the fact that he said like you're beautiful that's so like wonderful to me it was so precious and and oh i just love that (laughs) i love that so much no oh it touched me so deeply in my heart and soul yeah. I just loved it, it. It was beautiful. And I loved the whole VCR thing, too. Mm-hmm. That cracked me up. Because that, I believe that's also, is that not in the books? Like, does Marco not say, like, my dad's an engineer, but he can't work a VCR? Maybe? I feel like that's a detail in the books somewhere. Could be. I could be wrong about that, but I feel like it was an early on detail. And to be fair. To be fair. (laughs) I feel like it is very hard to work a VCR. (laughs) Like, I I know I've done it in the past, but if you ask me to do it now, I would not remember. And I I do remember it being difficult. And then, of course, like, it allegedly starts to record. But you don't know if it's actually, like, (laughs) getting everything or if the tape's going to run out before you can get the whole movie off of amc or whatever like yeah so i don't blame jeremy slash maurice i'm gonna call him maurice his name is not either of those things it's they say jeremy in there it was peter in the books i believe yeah 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 (laughs) i I remember it wasn't jeremy in the books but um yeah maurice yeah of course his name is maurice he's a sad man crazy old maurice crazy old maurice (laughs) Ugh, loved it great scenes both of like, them. two really good scenes back to back. And, like, no other scene in this show is, like, quite that good. And it, it they kind of felt like weird outliers in this sea of madness. But, like, I'm hoping that moving forward, if we just have, like, a nice, like, you know, normal scene where there's not, like, morphing or action, that they'll actually be that quality moving forward. That would be I don't nice. Know. And, I don't like, know. we always, you and I always end up loving the scenes that are, like, family-ish oriented like with cassie's family or like when uh they were evacuating their families and we got the vignettes of every single one of them and we loved that so yeah yeah this really played to things we like and they they were just really genuinely well done like there was nothing about them like the editing wasn't weird and like the dialogue was great yeah like it just felt like a normal tv show and, like, even know. better than a normal TV show. Mm-hmm. Like, it felt like they were 
beautiful, great, funny moments. Yeah. Very genuine. Oh. Yeah. So yeah, we go back to the construction site and some dudes are digging a hole. Diggy diggy hole. Um, Cassie and Rachel are watching from behind a pile of metal. Um, Chapman pulls up in his cowboy truck. Um, <laughs> and he I'm like, a cowboy. Right. Um, and he immediately starts yelling at everyone. And he's like, there's a hork with your footprint here. You need to cover it up before it makes the front, the front page. It's like the front page of what? <laughs> the fucking orange town gazette of wherever the fuck they live <laughs> it'll be circulated to maybe tens of people uh, jesus and, christ yeah i was like chapman calm the fuck down yeah it's very and, micromanaging like, and like nobody's ever gonna report that like nobody's gonna be like oh this is definitely alien they're gonna be like oh somebody put a dinosaur footprint on the ground it is the 90s this is probably jurassic park viral marketing and then they'd be like Oh, is Jurassic Park coming to our town? Are they going to do a cool thing? And everybody be yeah. starting talking about Jurassic Park. Nobody's going to be like, ha, an alien footprint. Yeah. <sighs> Jesus. And honestly, it didn't even really look that much like a footprint to me, but whatever. It was just, <laughs> they didn't do a good job at that. It was. Yeah. It was. <sighs> Chapman's making a, a mountain out of a molehill here, in my opinion. <laughs> He was just basically trying to see how far he could swing that dick at this site. (laughs) (laughs) Is what was happening. Whoa. Oh, no. (laughs) Chapman's being a lot in this scene. Um, So he starts crawling around and they finally fill out the footprint with, like, mud. Um, Marco and Jake roll up and Jake asks if there's any sign of Tobias. Rachel says no. Jake's like, okay, Rachel, go get the disc, or go find the disc, at least. So she starts morphing into the cat again. Marco is once again disturbed. And then he comments that it's not so much the sight, but the sounds that bother him. Um, Which, that made me actually, like, pay attention to the sounds. And Ma- Rachel was, like, making all these, like, weird, distressed noises throughout this entire morph. Like, she was in pain or something. Which I thought was kind of weird. They do a lot of Foley work as well of just like every single thing is just like crunching, grinding. Yeah. Which, yeah, I mean, that's that's canon, right? That's, yeah, that's accurate. It's just the way that they do it. Like, I feel like there could be a much more disturbing way to do it if they just added really loud pops and snaps throughout it. Like, that would really drive it home. Yeah. Just a small detail I'd like to add. Well, and I, I see the, the need for additional Foley for a TV show. Um, yeah. Just because it is an audiovisual format. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of the morphing is done kind of off screen, as it were. Right. So. And if it's visual first, you're so distracted by like whatever the fuck is happening. Yeah. They really need to draw more attention to the to the Foley. That is weird that she's making distress noises. <laughs> yeah, because, yeah. You know, they, they clearly establish that morphing doesn't hurt or anything, but whatever. It should, but it doesn't. It should, but it don't. <laughs> so she's a cat, an adorable cat. And she's like, morphing's getting easier. Hooray. Cassie remarks that she looks too good to be a stray. So she rubs some dirt into Rachel's fur. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then Marco doubles down. He spits in his hand and then he starts rubbing it on Rachel's head. And she's like, bitch, watch yourself. <laughs> Which I thought was very funny. I 
Agree. That was very funny. <laughs> that whole scene cracked me up. Like, I don't know. It just, like, Marco was just very clearly doing it to antagonize Rachel and yes. for no other reason. Yes. <laughs> uh, it's quite good. It was very Should've good. Should have scratched him. She should have. That would have been. They probably just couldn't get the cat to do it on yeah. command. Yeah. Kitty. Cat did such a good job. So Rachel takes off, heads towards the dig site. Speaking of Foley work, so she's watching people and she's clearly, it's clearly from the cat's perspective because the camera's down low and she's like watching people's feet move by. The The camera effect is kind of monochromatic and distorted, which like, whatever. There's a really interesting sound effect of a cat meowing that's playing over the music. <laughs> and I was like, that's an interesting choice. Tr- yeah, it's like a very subtle like, meow. I didn't notice that at all. Yeah, it's definitely there. I was like, is that a cat meowing? I think it's to reinforce the idea that we're seeing this from Rachel's eyes. But it was a really interesting choice. (laughs) Like, (laughs) there's so many moments during the show where I'm like, oh, they think we're fucking idiots. And they have to explain it to us 15 different ways. But that is just over the top. It was a decision that someone made. It didn't make me wonder if cats just walk around and they hear just these little meows in their head all the time. <laughs> like, like the cat morph was talking to itself internally. Like instead yeah. of Rachel's like, and so I'm going to go over Ooh. here and look for this thing. The cat's like, meow, meow, meow. <laughs> <laughs> that would be interesting though. If, if you were in a morph and you could like hear the animal inside you. That would make sense in, like, a whale or a dolphin, I think. Yeah, because, yeah, in in the Jake whale book where he he morphed the killer whale and he felt like the killer whale knew he was there, which, God, I wish they'd explored that more. That's so fucking interesting. What could have been? fucking awesome. Oh, I'm so mad now. Someone write that fan fiction for us. Yeah. Send us the link because we're not looking for it. Fuck yeah. I still want the whole, like, animal and human actually fight for dominance. And I don't know. Something like that. So yeah, we have cat yodeling going on. <laughs> um, and she eventually finds the disc. Uh, Chapman is still lurking around and he stands practically on top of it. And she yeah, runs... I, oh, what? So, no, just... Uh. <laughs> he doesn't see it somehow. Because um, it's fucking glittery. Um, she runs back to the team and she's like, Chapman's standing on this thing. We have to act fast. Jake says he will help Cassie with the paint, and then he sends Marco off somewhere with a boombox. And Rachel, I guess, is going to stay a cat and do nothing? Yes. Save her energy. (laughs) Just be a cat. Just be a cat. Have some fun. You've done your part. You've done it. You've done it brilliantly. I do like how they were, they were, they had pieces of a plan, but they didn't explain to the viewer what the plan was going to be until they actually, like, acted it out. Yes. Um, I did like that, too. So back at the controllers, Chapman tells everyone to search the ground and check everywhere. He didn't specify for what. I guess or just why. Pe- yeah, pieces of evidence, maybe? I guess. I don't know. We cut over to Marco, who hits a button on the boombox and it starts playing like the sound of a loud plane engine or a ship sort of landing <laughs> noise, yeah. which I don't know how the fuck he got that. Does Whatever. Do they sell that next to the whale sounds at the fucking Target or something? I don't know. It's like a cassette that his dad had to, like, fall asleep <laughs> to. 
Sounds that engineers like. (laughs) (laughs) Calming sounds for engineers. Oh, God. If Matt ever did that, I would sleep in a different room. I feel like that's exactly something Matt would do. That's why I said it. He was my inspiration for this. As soon as you said that, I'm like, yeah, Matt would have that on cassette tape for sure. I mean, I think he would just listen to it for fun. But, like, he actually can't sleep with any noise. I like to sleep with a fan on because I like the white noise. But he cannot sleep with any sort of ambient noise. Well, you should try the cassette of a plane landing. Maybe that'll lull him into it secret ingredient <laughs> that's right it's not that he can't sleep with any sound it either has to be none or all or airplane yeah airplane or zero there's no in between jesus i feel yeah. like if you did that that like 50 50 chance that that might actually be something that works for him we could try it for science you just gotta find that cassette tape in a boom box <laughs> and 14 d batteries now. oh my god i forgot about that <laughs> Ugh. Kids in your stereos. At least it wasn't like a cliched song that played when he held up the boombox. Don't you forget it. That's exactly what I was thinking. That's not the actual song from. It's not. It's not. I don't remember what that one is. I think it's like, oh, in your eyes, the light, the heat in your eyes. Whatever. I haven't seen that movie. No, Um, but they did it in Glee, so I know you're correct. They do it in everything. I do it in my comic. It's fine. Any music (laughs) thing ever is going to have the fucking boombox bit in it. It's classic. (laughs) So Marco starts playing greatest hits of airplane engines. Um, (laughs) And he lights a couple of road flares and starts like yelling and saying, over here, help, they're landing, help over here. And Chapman's like, what the fuck is going on? And he, and he grabs all the controllers and they start running towards him. Marco puts the flares down, grabs the boombox and runs away. And Chapman and the others arrive and they find nothing and are very confused subsequently. I am also very confused. Mm-hmm. Then there's a semi truck nearby that's parked and under the gap they see uh, blue horse leggies walking around. Mm-hmm. And so Chapman's like, Andalite! And he runs forward and nobody follows him. And he turns <laughs> back and looks like an idiot. And he's like, well, go get it, dummies. Back at the ranch, uh, Rachel tells Jake to hurry. Jake is a dog and he's digging up the disc. Uh, Chapman finally gets the rest of the controllers to go chase Cassie. And he's like, I have to tell Visor 3 about this. For some reason. You know, Andalite reasons. <laughs> Andalite reasons. Ugh. Um, Rachel's like, Jake, hurry the fuck up. Chapman comes back. Jake digs up the disc and he runs away. Rachel follows him and they're like, oh shit, wait, don't go that way. And Jake has run into some sort of pipe and they hit a dead end. Chapman takes a a wooden pallet and puts it in front of the entrance and he traps them in. (laughs) And then he's like, over here, I've got two of them over here. I smell a promotion because he's a fucking cartoon character. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to be the head wrench hand any day now. Any day. Head cowboy. Um, (laughs) He hears a screech. He looks up and he sees a Harris hawk flying at him. The hawk dives. Uh, Chapman throws up his hands and falls down. He dislodges the pallet and Jake and Rachel escape. They run into the woods. And honestly, seeing a golden retriever and a cat running towards the camera gave me big homeward bound feels. (laughs) <laughs> that's exactly what scott said too he, oh! i think he said something like it's getting homeward bound up in here yeah, <laughs> yeah. oh that's wonderful yeah oh my heart 
back with Cassie. She's a horse, and they've painted her legs blue. Um, they do this kind of cool thing where she walks behind a wall, and the camera pans right, and we hear the morphing sound, and then she appears on the other side as a human. That like, is the morphing sequence done right. Yes, yes. That is a cheap, cheap morphing sequence that's very effective. Yes, it was very good. Good job, everybody involved in that decision. Um, Cassie sighs in relief, and then she has to duck behind a wall because there's a bunch of controllers walking by. Um, I'm surprised they didn't see her because that area that she ducked into was extremely well lit, but whatever. And she went right under the light. I know! (laughs) I was like, this is the most obvious place you could have gone. But cartoonishly, they all just ran right past the alleyway. Yep, it's fine. Whatever. Okay. This next scene. Yes, this is so important to me. This next scene is an editing and writing nightmare. It is. Oh my god. So Jake and Rachel make it into the woods. They morph back into human. Marco and Cassie join up with them. Marco asks if they got the disc. Jake holds it out. And Cassie's like, hell yeah, it worked. Let's celebrate. Um, There's some screeching. And the Harris Hawk lands on the ground next to them. And it starts morphing. (gasps) It's Tobias. Oh my god. Nobody saw that coming. Rachel's like, Tobias, it was you. You saved us. I don't know why I gave her that voice. I'm so sorry. Um, I don't know either, but here we are. (laughs) uh, Cassie's like, oh, we we didn't know what happened to you. Jake's like, thanks. Tobias says, you'd do the same for me. Uh, Marco's like, we thought you were a controller. Rachel's like, where the fuck were you? And why didn't you tell us you acquired the hawk? He's like, I don't know. And she says, but we were scared. And Tobias says, I guess I was scared that I'd like it too much, which is foreshadowing, I guess. Yes. I get it. Not very. No, it's very blatant and I hated it. It Um, was awful. Jake tells him thanks again. They would have been dead meat without him. Tobias gives Rachel a look and she kind of looks away shyly, which I thought was cute. That's the only thing I like about this scene. Yeah. Um, Marco asks Jake to show him the disc again and the ooh and ah over it. Rachel asks if it would work in a computer. Marco says it might be a weapon. Cassie says they should try it in Jake's computer, and Jake says they can try tomorrow. They decide it's time to leave because they have homework, and Rachel has a gymnastics meet tomorrow. Marco makes a joke that she should be a cat on the balance beam. She'll get a 10 for sure. Yeah. Um, They start walking away together, and Jake smiles to himself like a dad appreciating his kids. (laughs) (laughs) And he runs after them and joins them, and they walk out of the woods. The narration plays over. My name is Jake, but I guess it doesn't matter anymore. Five normal kids against an army of ruthless alien slugs. Those yorks don't know what they're in for. Let's talk about this scene. Jesus fucking Christ. (laughs) Oh my god. Streamline your fucking conversation topics. Jesus. It's just like they wrote down on pieces of construction paper all the things that they wanted to talk about. And Mm -hmm. then they got to the end and they're like, we have six pieces left. They don't fit together. And then they just... (laughs) Put them up on a whiteboard with some magnets and just kind of like rearrange them until they're like, that's pretty good. And then they're like, all right, roll with it. Let's do it. This is our scene. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> it was so disjointed. It would be like one character would bring something up. Another character would say something completely different. And then the third character would agree with the first character. It's like all you had to do was change the order in which the characters spoke. Like, okay, especially that that bit with the computer where Rachel says, like, oh, I wonder if it'll work in a computer. And Marco says, oh, it's a weapon. And and then Cassie says, let's try it in Jake's computer. Like, all you had to do 
was have Rachel say, oh, I wonder what this thing is. Marco says, maybe it's a weapon. Rachel says, maybe. I wonder if it would fit in a computer. Cassie says, let's try it in Jake's computer. That's all you had to do. That's all you had to do. They're paying by the letter at this point. Don't fucking interject. It's a weapon in the middle of the computer discussion. I mean, that's... The thing is, he could still say, but what if it's like a virus or something? Or even like a weapon? And then... It's a part of the computer discussion. Yeah, but it just came out of nowhere. And this whole conversation felt like that. Yeah, and it's not even like, it didn't ever feel like they were dismissing or ignoring an idea. Like, no, that's not a good idea. It was like, nobody heard him. He is a ghost trapped in this conversation. And then Tobias shows up and Rachel's like, where were you? And Cassie's like, yeah, where were you? And then Jake's like, thanks, Tobias, you saved us. And Tobias completely ignores the girls. And he's like, yeah, Jake, no problem. You do the same for me. It's like, just pick a conversation topic. (laughs) I had this moment, too, when that happened where I was like, oh, no, is Tobias just going to completely ignore Rachel again? (laughs) Like, the oh, no, the plot is here. (laughs) Yeah, this keeps happening and I hate it. But then they actually talked, and I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> like, he yeah, finally, he someone. fucking acknowledges her. Oh, God. Uh. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But then when it was all wrapped up with them leaving, and then Jake just like a proud dad watching his kids, I was like, <laughs> what is he even like? None of them gave him a real reason to be like, oh, I'm proud of these kids. Like, there was nothing that led into it. It was just like them bantering and then Jake like, look at my kids. (laughs) I have a different question. Yes. Why was he so sweaty? Oh, my God. Did you bring this up in the Discord? No. Okay. Jeff brought this up in the Discord. Um. What we netted out to was because he was carrying the weight of the entire show. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. Um, like teen hormones, I guess. (laughs) I mean, I I was definitely sweaty at that age too, but like, like, I I don't know if they're going to make this a thing where after they come out of morph, they're all super sweaty. I don't think that's what it is. I think because I feel like Nadia was also sweaty at some point. I feel like Sean's just a sweaty boy. <laughs> but it looked like artificial sweat. It was like way... It, it wasn't like a nice like sheen. It was like, these are beads of water all over his face. What if he had a problem? Like, what if he just has a problem? Aww. And we're mocking poor I'm Sean sorry, Sean. For his hyperhidrosis. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm the sorry, poor boy Sean. has been struggling with it for years. Oh, no. I feel bad now. You made me feel bad. <laughs> Much like the Rachel dying discussion, you made me feel bad. I'm so sorry. Oh my oh. god, why am I bringing you down today? <laughs> but yeah, that's that's this episode. We did it. We did it. Oof. It's a good episode. <laughs> it was an episode. There were good scenes in this episode. There were good scenes. There was just real problems with mapping. And yeah, uh, and blocking and yeah, oofa doofa. It's just it's crazy to me how like this was a show that like I I mean this could just be like my memories that were only important to me because of like it, it's been a long time and I was very excited for this show, but like this was huge like this was advertised all over. it was on every book it like you know that the Scholastic Book Fair was showing like. 
this was really big news. Mm-hmm. And I just don't understand how, like, somebody who so very, like, at least one person, if not more, with so little technical knowledge got to work on such a giant mm-hmm. project like this. Like, mm-hmm. I don't understand, like, how how did they choose somebody that, like, is missing such a big basic portion of like editing and how things are filmed and like how things work and this isn't like we're asking for the master class at film school this is like editing 101 <laughs> yeah. like film 101 like this is your first year you should know this stuff yeah i just don't understand where this disconnect came from because yeah like again we talked about this last episode there's no way it could be budget because you can make something really good on a nothing budget we're starting to see it now like i mean i we saw it in episode one too but some of the choices that they make with the budget they have like the shadows on the wall yeah cassie's morph sequence where they cut behind the, yeah. the wall yeah like, you've shown me you can make smart decisions with yeah. the limited resources you have right but i don't know what the excuse is for the bad editing apart from a lack of knowledge or a you know a dis- somebody made has the knowledge but they got overridden by someone higher than them who doesn't have the knowledge or has bad taste it it truly feels like they're missing the knowledge and then also get very excited about highbrow editing concepts that have no place in a show like this the reason the reason i said it might have been not the editor's fault it might have been like somebody higher up um Mm -hmm. was because i'm thinking about specifically like the sonic movie when creepy sonic came out and everyone was (laughs) like oh my god that's the worst thing i've ever seen i do not blame the designers and the animators for that i blame that solely on the people up top you can tell that was designed by a committee you can tell that was designed by someone who has questionable taste who wanted a more hyper realistic sonic like i'm not gonna blame the actual 3D artist who worked on that. So that's the only reason I said that for the editing. Like maybe the editors yeah. were fine, but someone was like, oh, let's do it this way. And they were like, that maybe be. that's not a great idea, but you pay me, so I'm going to do it. I'm going to scour the internet and see what I can find out about <laughs> that. Like, I don't feel like that's going to be anything that's like widely published or like no. out there to easily consume, but maybe I can find some like back alley theories out there on the google that'll talk Ooh. about it because like maybe i'll find like a reddit thread where somebody who worked on the show just oh, secrets please please come on the show so we can interview you after listening to several episodes of us like criticizing your decision making <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Oh, man listen if i were working on a on a tv show and I made something like that, and I looked at it 20 years later. I would go like, oh my god, that was awful. I gotta tell you, every time I watch The Maya Brigade, I think, we did a pretty good job. (laughs) I can't watch Maya Brigade anymore. Well, that's because you had to edit it. That's true. (laughs) Editing was my favorite part, though, I think. Really? Well, no, I mean, filming was fun, except I broke two cameras. But but I I remember really enjoying the editing, because... There's a lot of, like, creative decisions that come through. And it when you can actually, like, see bits of the film come together. Like, I really like that. I don't know. Well, we should have put you to work on Animal. <laughs> when I was, you know, eight years old or whatever. Yes. Yeah. 
could have done better as an eight-year-old. <laughs> I just shudder to think of how many cameras you would have broken at eight based on how many oh you broke in college. Oh, my God. Yeah. I only had to pay for one of them, though, so that was good. I'm amazed you even had to pay for one with the fucking amount of money that place charges. It's true. And I did cry a lot. <laughs> I should have cried more in front of the tech guy so he took pity on yeah. me and made me yeah. not pay for it. You definitely should have cried more in front of the, the yeah. tech guy. I was like, I'm sorry. Dude, the wind oh. blew it over. Maybe if your tripods had weights on them, then oh the wind God, wouldn't have fucking blown it over. The flimsiest tripod. Oh. How much did one of those cameras run you, by the way, if it's I'm like allowed to $300 ask? $300 or something. Really? 300 200 For those things? Yeah. Ugh. Whatever. They were gouging you. Yeah. Well, again, it was not art surprising. School. Yeah. <laughs> how much that place fucking charges. Uh, yeah. Oh, they probably bought 10 new cameras with that. Would you like to rate characters? I really would. <laughs> uh, shall we start with Jake? <laughs> My name is Jake. Deuce. Part Deuce. Part Deuce. I don't know, man. <laughs> it's fine. Sean did a fine job. I think Sean did. A, he kept a straight face when he was hiding behind a literal twig from the cops. <laughs> Sean did not break character. Sean gets a five plus 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 from me. Yes. Sean was wonderful. Sean was wonderful. Sean did not lose his fucking shit when he had to step up to Marco and said, I dare you, and then watch Boris change his entire tune about what he was doing. Uh, Sean held it together. So yeah. Sean gets a five. Hell yeah. <laughs> Jake, on the other hand. Uh, did Jake even do anything? I don't even remember. I just remember he was, like, kind of racist in the opening. <laughs> he was, like, kind of racist. He, like, he hid behind the smallest bush ever. <laughs> He forgot uh, about Tobias. He forgot about Tobias. He uh, dug a real good hole. As a pupper. Although, I could argue that that was the dog doing that and not Jake. That was the dog. But no, we're rating Jake in the show, so it'll be Jake. I'll give him a three because I don't care. Yeah, I'm down. Three because we just don't care. Sorry, Jake. Sorry. What do we think about Rachel? Five for both. Five for both. Five. Loved her so much. She was a cat. She is. She was a cat. She had the excellent walking through the mud scene. She had the endearing talking to her sister scene. Oh, I love that. She was the closest to responding appropriately to Cassie's mom. Yes. She was <laughs> She was not there, but she was in the zone. Yeah. She crossed the blue line and was at least in on the offensive <laughs> at that moment. Um, yeah, fives all around. All yeah. right. How about Tobias? I just... I don't know what they're doing with him. And I know we probably only have Christopher Rolfe for a limited time. Christopher! 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 Um, well, the choices okay. he made. We have his physical self for... I assume yes, he's going to do the right. voice of Tobias moving forward. But. Of course, yeah. Because... <laughs> Because of Boris's story, he's the most popular and he's on screen the least amount of time. Yes. Um, but I just, I don't know what they're doing with him. I mean, I think the actor's fine and I think he had to work with not very great shit, but Tobias as a character I'm not loving right now. 
Okay, I'm flipping this all on its head. I'm sorry. I just remembered something. And now I have to give them both fives because of okay. the look on his face when he was watching that horse lose its Oh, uh, that, was, that was good. And that was probably the most Tobias-like moment for me. <laughs> Tobias this... would lose his fucking mind over a horse. He's just like a soft curious boy who likes art and animals and he saw this beautiful horse being a dickweed and he was like that's awesome like i'd buy that Uh, you're right i would buy that i yeah fives for that and i did like his interactions with the hawk yeah he was enamored with the hawk he was as he should be and like christopher's really playing off hanging out with these dweebs that are five years younger than adult man yeah he's like i'm 22 what are we doing uh, yes okay fair enough i don't know i'll give tobias a, a a three but i'll give christopher a five. Oh, i'm giving them both fives for being enamored with that horse okay i'll give tobias a four okay i, I, I didn't don't like i what... didn't mean to argue with you <laughs> i still don't know what like it's not his fault i feel like the show is taking him in a weird direction and that's not his fault so yeah, they're they're trying stuff out with him, and it's not quite yeah. working. Cool. All right, Cassie. Yes, Cassie. Cassie had much more to do in this episode, which I appreciate. Yeah, yeah, I appreciated that a lot. And she's the most like herself. What do you mean? Like she's like the closest to her character in the book. I feel. Mm-hmm. With like again, it's very limited. She still is probably the least utilized character mm-hmm. of them all but yeah she did i i did feel like it was it was still she's the closest to her character in the book and also i thought she did the best job of the thought speak voice acting of all of them like hers was the most natural i think yeah yeah so i wanted to give nadia credit for that mm-hmm. too i don't know i'll give him fives yeah yeah, I, I'm trying to really remember back to, like, that's why I was kind of, like, hesitating. So I'm, like, trying to remember all of the scenes that she was in. And I'm only really remembering the horse scenes and in the barn. Like, and, like, I know she did more, but... Well, okay, the thing with Cassie is that, like, she's a very quiet character. She's always kind of just, like, observing in the background. So I yeah. think it's, like, a little bit easy to forget about her sometimes. And then, like, at least in the books, I feel like either she was just kind of, like, quietly sitting in the background or she was talking about difficult questions or, like, posing a difficult scenario or something. It was never easy to be, like, to think of Cassie immediately as, like, the favorite character Mm -hmm. because her role in the team was she was not a dominant personality. She was kind of, like, the serious and emotional center of the group. She wasn't, like, funny or, like, you know, action-driven like Rachel. So whenever we talk about Cassie, it's kind of like, Cassie's a character that you have to, like, really get to know over time and, like, really appreciate all of her deepest complexities. Because, like, she's so complex, but, like, you don't always see that when she's just in a group setting because she's so quiet. She's like, me. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, and I think that'll, like, once we kind of get in her head a little bit, too, Mm -hmm. that'll be, I'm kind of, like, once we start doing these sort of ratings, I'm, like, trying to go back and think about what she did, and I'm like, oh, man, like, just not a ton, and, like, even her scenes, like, 
when she morphed the horse and then like demorphed and everything it was like her participation in that scene was like she hit against the wall and then left it was fine i don't know but yeah but you're right we have to to that scene though when she was the most joyous about morphing which i thought was very authentic to cassie rachel was like oh you're like that was cool but like Nadia really encompassed Cassie's whole, like, wow, that was what it was like to be an animal. I was like, this thing and this thing. And, like, like you could see the joy on her face about, like, having this ability and being able to use it in that way. Yeah, I think that's kind of what I was reacting to when I was saying, like, she's the most, like, her yeah, character for in sure. the book. Yeah. All right. Uh, we just have Marco then, I guess. The scene with his dad was amazing. He had the rat wheel on his head. Also amazing. <laughs> Another one where he just got, like, the best lines. Uh-huh. And we got to see his, like, more reluctant side, which I appreciated. Yes. I liked that a lot, too. I The boombox thing, just killer, man. <laughs> you, you nailed that scene. Whatever the fuck was happening there. <laughs> I don't know. He did great, too. Like, I don't know. I'll give him fives for that. Yeah. I wonder what... They were telling Boris to do when he was just sitting there morphing rat face. Because, like, he wouldn't do anything, really. Mm-hmm. They'd just be telling him, like, oh, and now your face is half rat. And he's probably going, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I want to uh, see it without the overlay. Yes. I just want to see the original cut of filming him and, like, how like confused and like awkward it all was oh, no. <laughs> i'm like what are you telling me because like if you hadn't been a fan of the books and like somebody's telling you like okay and now your face is gonna turn half rat and you're gonna say this line mm-hmm. and then we're gonna reverse it and like i imagine them being like what the fuck are these guys on about <laughs> <laughs> like what are they saying to me they flew me to canada to film this and it's been nothing but fucking weird well and that was you know that was kind of before a lot of cgi was being really used so like actors i feel like weren't doing a lot of like green screen work yet or Mm -hmm. you know they were still very much like acting like face to face with other people so yeah i do wonder kind of this is like the start of of actors starting to like really stretch their imagination for things that were going to be added in later. Yeah, and like it really god, in this time period, not only was it before like a lot of CGI, if there was like actors working on green screens and CGI, it was not at this level of film. We like it was big budget movies. So the fact yeah. that these guys were being asked to do it, like God, it had to be so out of left field for them. Mm-hmm. Like, it just had to be such a weird request. <laughs> yeah, I I would not pay somebody, but I would give them a lot of credit to just give me the original cut Jeez. of no morphing of this, <laughs> this scene and, like, any film of them doing, like, the voiceovers in the booth of, like, Thought Speak. Yeah. Oh, man. That'd be great. Yeah. That would be amazing. And, like, they're for the most part, they're doing an amazing job. Like, there was only one scene where I was like, oh, they're clearly, like, here's where they're talking to the actor, and here's when they're saying lines to an animal. And that was, like, when Rachel morphed to a cat in the construction site, and they were covering her in dirt. Mm-hmm. That was the only time that I was like, okay, they're 
like they're talking to their co-actor oh they're talking to a cat like there was a very clear cut over for me in that scene sure. otherwise they're like doing pretty good at like blending it and reacting well yeah and like speaking of cats that cat gets five the cat gets fives homer gets fives the horse is again just doing great work <laughs> i miss <laughs> real animals I know it's a pain to work with real animals, but oh yeah. my god, I just, I saw that White Fang commercial or whatever, the preview for that movie where the dog is like 100% CGI, and it's like a dog is pretty much the most trainable animal that you could get, but you can't get a real dog for this. Like, I get it for like, you know, where the animals are anthropomorphized, like the Jungle Book or the Lion King, and I thought the Lion King lions looked amazing. But they did. if it's just like a dude and a dog sort of story and the dog doesn't talk or anything, just use a real dog. It's fine. Right. If they're going to sing a number at any point, you can use CJI. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they're not going to sing a number, you should use a real animal. Yeah. And I hate, I hate this impression that's being made that CGI is like a lot cheaper to make. And it's like, yeah, because you're underpaying CGI artists. But like, think about... How genius it was that scene where you just see the horse's legs going like by under mm-hmm. the truck. Mm-hmm. You know what? Go. This is unethical life pro tip. Go to the Humane Society, adopt a horse for the day, return it at the end of the day. That's a couple <laughs> oh, no. hundred bucks. Oh, no. And you can make that scene way cheaper and easier than CGI. <laughs> or have Viggo Mortensen work on your production. He'll adopt the horse. He will adopt the horse. That's... <laughs> yes. Oh. Or you know what? Call me. Tell me it's Animorphs. I'll fucking bring my pony over. Yeah. I'll do this shit for you for free. Yeah. You can spray paint her legs. I don't give a shit. <laughs> she doesn't give a shit. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, there's just yeah. There's many solutions to this. Yeah. Anyway. Anyways. That's that's our soapbox. Yeah. I guess we'll leave now. <laughs> I guess. If you want to talk to us, ask Alex where you can talk to us. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> It started so strong, and then I was just like, oh, oh shit, take it. <laughs> um, yeah, if you if you want to talk to us, if you want to get on your soapbox, and you want our soapbox to re- recognize your soapbox, then you can email me at anonymousanimorphs at gmail.com. Or you can go to our Facebook group, which is Animorphs Anonymous, or a super secret, super awesome uh, fan group thing, the Andalite Bandalites, which is facebook.com slash group slash Animorphs Anonymous. You can talk to me about it on Twitter. If you send me 18 notifications, I will be overwhelmed. I do not know how to read those. So like five and then max it out, kids. Ugh, at Animorphs Anon. <laughs> and if you want to uh, check out our Instagram with all the shitty images I make, it's at Animorphs Anonymous. If you want to talk to other Animorphs fans and to some extent Alex and myself you can join our Discord (laughs) that we have Um, if you want the link to that please email us or message us on Andalite Bandalites and we will give you the link and you can find our podcast on all of the podcast sites that ever existed that are currently around now yes and I will add here that I um, recently started making moves to do a few new platforms that are coming (gasps) out um Amazon is starting their own platform. That's proprietary information that they said was confidential. I shouldn't share it with you. But you know what? They just sent me an email. They didn't make me sign anything. So fuck (laughs) you. 
<laughs> and uh, we're gonna <laughs> we're getting on there. We were asked to be Ooh. one of like the early adopters, so we're doing that. Yeah. Um, we are working on getting onto Pandora. By the time this episode comes out, we might be on Pandora. Fuck yeah! Um, who's also doing a new uh, podcast thing? So if you guys like listen to those, just know that they're working on making their podcast more accessible, and we are going to be on there when it launches in a few weeks. <laughs> so yeah, fun, cool. Sorry. Anyways, let's talk about non-audio media. Where can I find some visual media? Um, well, you can come look at the comic I make. It's called Beside You, um, and you can go read that at b-s-i-d-e-y-o-u-comic.com. It updates Wednesdays. Please go look at it. I work really hard on it. And it's very good, and you should look at it. <laughs> no, please please go look at it. And, tell and if you, you want to look at the comic early, you can always do that on Patreon. Patreon. And you could join the discussion about Casey's comic and whether or not things would stand in the 2000s versus oh, the God. late 2000s. <laughs> <laughs> I don't... Discourse. How do you differentiate that? Yeah. Uh, Anyways, uh, other visual medias. Hey, if you like comics, but that aren't like cool comics, but are like kind of lame comics from the 90s, <laughs> specifically ones that are like Superboy. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> You're really selling me on this. <laughs> I'm really, I'm really working hard to sell it. No, uh, it's it's actually pretty good. There, <laughs> oh you guys. Oh no. So we were reading Superboy for this other podcast that I'm sometimes an accidental third host on called From Cadmus to Crisis. This is a Superboy podcast, and they mentioned Keiko because there are stranded whales. <gasps> And I did the Free Willy podcast part do, do, <laughs> on Cadmus to Crisis because both David and Drew were like, Kecko? What's Kecko? Oh my God. I don't understand this. And I was like, motherfuckers, stand <laughs> aside. <laughs> They've been friends with you for how long and they haven't heard about Keiko? They have not heard about Keiko. What they the were like, fuck? literally, it was Whale Stranding. I'm like, you guys, this was the 90. And like, Drew, Drew was like, ah, who is Kecko? I'm like, it's Free Willy, and he's like, I don't understand what is the, I mean, it's like it's the whale that played Free Willy. It, like it took me like ten times Jesus before he's Christ. like, Keiko is the actor that plays Free Willy. I'm like, yes, the whale actor. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you want to hear me once again talk about Free Willy, <laughs> check out Cavister Crisis. Oh my god! <laughs> I believe that's episode. It's either episode 28 or 29 of Losing It. So one of the more recent ones to come out. But yeah. I like how you normally <laughs> talk about the exotic dancer that you play. And now it's like, no, it's about whales now. <laughs> Let me tell you, I love the exotic dancer. Don't get me wrong. I love Knockout. She's wonderful. But I talk about Free Willy. <laughs> My priorities are very yeah, different. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, no, I talk about Free Willy again. It's great. I talk about the whales that are stranded. If Drew cut any of that out, I'm going to be extremely angry. <laughs> Whew. All right. Let's be away Let's from this Let's make place. like Free Willy and jump out of the barrier <laughs> and get to our family. <laughs> jump out of the small lagoon where the boats are kept and get back to our moms. Okay. Okay. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Stay cool, stay healthy, stay woke. I don't know. Where is this going? I, I, I help. Stay lit, fam. Oh, no.